Welcome to the Oddity Shop, where the bizarre is always on sale. Hello, oddballs. Welcome back to the Oddity Shop. I am <laughs> here with the wonderful Kara Perakovic. I, I almost warned you again. That's fine. My mom does it every time. And I'm Zach. Just Zach. Hi, Zach. <laughs> Hi, Wait, that, that sounded like the girls' room. You know, on Amanda. Oh, Amanda my show. God. I haven't thought about the that. The girls' so room. <laughs> All right, Kara, what do we do here? Well, if you're new here and you're just like, you know, stumbling upon or one of your friends was like insisting that you listen to us and you're like, I don't know why. Well, I'll tell you why. Because we're odd. We're creepy. We're weird. I think we're kind of funny. You know, you're going to get some weird shit. <laughs> some odd stories, a little bit of creepiness. We we like to Maybe some meta. A little bit. A little bit. And uh, yeah, that's it. What's going on with you? Are you still recovering? Yeah, I'm still shicky poo. This is getting insane. I'm over it. Insane in the membrane. I've been on a 70s rock kick. Ooh. I highly recommend just going on to Apple Music and just 70s rock essentials and just like vibe out. It's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I see. I'm not like a 70s person, but I am. As soon as it starts to get nice out like it is now, I love driving with the windows down and listening to like 50s and 60s. I don't know why. Yeah. No, that's fun too. Uh, But yeah, no, I've just been on a 70s. I will tell you why. Because through my sickness of a million days, I just sat and I just um, binge Supernatural per usual. And one day you will watch it. But it's a very heavily strong, like it's very strong music. So Dean Winchester is very into music and it's a lot of like 70s rock. Gotcha. And so the soundtrack of every episode is just like. Speaking of Supernatural stuff, though. Um, so I've been super into this podcast. I think you'll really like it. It's another one similar to ours, but it's called What's Up, Weirdo. And Ooh. it's hosted by one of my favorite investigators. I've mentioned him before, but John Tenney is the host of it. So I've listened to his old podcast. I didn't realize there was a whole new Oh, one. I was going to say, I didn't think that's what it was called. What's Up, no, Weirdo? No, here's the realm of the weird, too. Um, oh. but yeah, this one's called What's so Up, So what's Weirdo. the differences? Um, so this realm of the weird is like him kind of telling investigation or weird stories he's come up with Mm. the what's up weirdo is him and jessica napic and they do like unscripted basically sort of like how we started their phone calls between them and then turned it into a show oh cute i Um, like that oh also i need you to mark your calendar august 24th through 26th we are going to michigan paracon Hold, please. Let me do this right now. August what? 24th through the 26th. Will you remind me to request that off tomorrow? Absolutely, I will. Should I request off more than that? Uh, no, it's Oh, just, yeah, probably to the Sunday. Yeah, I would, to be with I you. would take Sunday off, too, just because it's up in the UP, so we'll have to have a little drive. Okay, yeah, I'm going. Cool. I'm only going because Denise is going. She's going to love it. I also forgot to get her peeps last week, or two weeks ago. But I did tell her that you you wanted me to bring her peeps, and she'll find out why later. So she did get a kick out of it. Okay, good. So last episode, I was actually going to say something, but I was like, I know that I was so sick that I didn't even ask about your mom. 
or your parents, I didn't even like tell them to say hi, like tell you to say hi because I didn't even talk to you when you were there. And after I felt so awful because I was like, I always talk to Denise. Yeah, well, she cried and then ate all your Easter candy. So it's okay. (laughs) She would. I do have a question for you. But before I have a question for you, I have a question for everybody else or a request that if you're liking this, please share the podcast with one other person. Help us grow so we can do the show. Kara, are you going to do the jingle? (laughs) Um, Are you ready for a question? (laughs) Actually, it's a two-parter. Do I have to think about it? Um, Like, is it a thinker? The first part, no. Have you ever been hypnotized before? No, but... um... Before you go on with your butt, let me ask the second part of the question in case you start to answer it. I'm not going to answer. Do you remember? Maybe not, because I don't think this should have been a thing. But uh, his name was Anthony Johns. Oh, no, he's older. My dad wanted to kill him. But anyway, he used to like put people in. What is the thing like where you can put somebody in a headlock and you can hit the right pressure points and make them pass out? Do you know what I'm talking about? He would do that to all of us. Okay, that's a little different than hypnosis. I know, but it just made me think of that same thing because, like, you're just like past, <laughs> like, you don't know what's happening. <laughs> a little shout different. Out, shout out, Anthony. I think he listens. <laughs> what up, bro? <laughs> when you're hypnotized, you're not passed out. You're usually still kind of cognitively there. But <laughs> if you would you ever go through hypnosis to recover like a repressed memory or unresolved trauma that you might be forgetting? Oh, here's the thing that you don't know about me. I'm kind of deathly afraid, even like of therapy, because I think I've suppressed so many things, like bad things. I actually feel like I have, and I don't want to know about them. So I don't want to. Okay, well, then you should go to therapy because they're bubbling up and manifesting in different ways. No, they're not. I don't even know. They're gone. They're fine. I'm fine. But anyway, um, I don't know. I think... That is a really big fear of mine. But is there a scenario for me? Oh, uh, like, do you have a scenario that like? Not really. Like, give me. Okay. Do you want to get into our story and you can see where yeah, the, yeah, the hypnosis yeah, yeah, yeah. pulls in? Okay. So what we're gonna cover is one of the most well documented and famous cases of alien abduction of all time. How did we go to this? It'll come full circle. Don't worry. Yeah, I know it will. We're gonna talk about though the abduction of Betty and Barney Hill. Oh. Oh, yes. There it is. I knew I knew it would click sooner or later. Um, so the story so itself. So funny because they're on my list. I can scratch them off. Oh, I've been wanting to do it for a while. And I finally sat down because it's it's a little detailed, but we're going to get into it. It is. But I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know too much. So I'm excited. Perfect. Okay. So obviously we have two main people in this story. Betty and Barney Hill. On a side note, I know this is a long one, but I have to just say, how do people find each other like this like betty and barney i think they're the cutest though um and it's it's such like a like 60s couple name okay betty and barney betty was born in 1919 barney in 1922 um and they get married in 1960 they have a pretty you know low-key wedding they don't they don't make a ton of money so they put off their honeymoon 1961 is when the story we're actually going to talk about takes place betty is 41 years old Barney is 39, and so they're, you know, middle-aged. They are an interracial couple in the early 60s. Oh, and that's kind of, like, older for that time yeah. frame to get married. Absolutely. So, really, just kind of, they, they kick regular norms to the curb, right? 
Love them. Uh, they live in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and you're going to love them even more with their wiener dog, Delcy. Oh my God. Delcy and Delilah, a little wiener love. So Betty was a social worker and worked in child welfare. Oh, wow. Barney was, he worked for the U.S. Post. Um, he was also a World War II veteran. Oh. It's important to kind of show that they're like upstanding members of their community. Correct. Both of them have really high IQs. They do work with the NAACP and the Civil Rights move- Movement, and they volunteer with their church. Okay, okay. So, so really, Betty and Barney are just like wholesome, beautiful people. Wholesome, beautiful, mm. awesome people. Okay. Um, so we go into that, though, because the following story sounds absolutely insane. Well, and I'm sure you're going to get into this, but everything that you've just said about these people would make me think that they're not people that would believe in the things that we believe in. <laughs> right. Okay. And they're they're selfless people, right, in the war mm-hmm. and their child welfare and working for civil rights. Like, they're not people who are out for themselves. They're really right. to build up the community. Okay. September 1961, like I said, they didn't have the typical honeymoon. So Barney, about a year into their marriage, decides to take some time off work and surprise Betty with a honeymoon road trip that they never had. Okay, yep. They don't have a ton of money, right? But what they do is they decide they're going to pack up the car with their dog, a few belongings, and take a road trip out to Niagara Falls. They leave on September 15th. Load up in their Chevy Bel Air. It's such a beautiful car, too. It's a blue and white Chevy Bel Air. It's just, like, so quintessential early 60s. Mm, yeah, I, I can envision it. And right? It gorgeous. So, all in all, though, they have a great time. They see the falls. They decide they're going to go into Canada, head to Montreal. And they were going to stay there in a hotel for the night on September 19th and then head home. Did she have to call off of work or, like, did she have to? She was already off. Barney took time off. Okay, that's what I was. Yeah. Okay. However, September 19th, they turn on the radio and they start hearing, it's kind of unknown. It was either a hurricane coming up the coast or a tropical storm at that time, right? But there's a storm headed back towards home. So they just decide instead of staying in a hotel, they were going to head home. Uh, It's about a five-hour drive. They should get home at about three o'clock in the morning. They start driving home. They're heading down US Route 3, which is... Like they pass a couple cities, right? But it's mostly rural, surrounded by forests, surrounded by mountains, not many other people. Okay. So even though there's storms on the way, the night sky this night is super, super clear. About 10 o'clock, they stop on their way to get some food, and then they're driving south. About 10.30 p.m., Betty notices something in the southwestern portion of the sky. I like how she knows it's southwestern. <laughs> well, I mean, they're driving south. It, Cars didn't have compass then. You had to actually know what direction you were looking. I still wouldn't know. Um, So Betty sees what she at first thinks is a shooting star in the sky. She points it out to Barney. And Barney goes, no, I think that's a satellite. Remember, it's the 60s. So like Sputnik is big, but like people haven't seen really satellites. They're just starting to launch them. It's kind of like all hyped in the news right now, right? That song, Welcome to the 60s. (laughs) So they they continue to head south, and the object is getting bigger, brighter, and moving erratically. They actually stop the car a couple times and pull out their binoculars to get a closer look at this thing. Yeah, I do remember this. What the hell would you do? What would you do? I wouldn't do what these guys did. So they stop again at a scenic picnic area, 
They get out, they get the binoculars, and notice that the object is now not only bigger, but moving towards them. So at this point, I would have just gunned it. I would have been gone. Like, I'm not, I'm not hanging around. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I think, but also I'd just be like, I guess just like abduct me, but they don't know what it is. I don't know. Do you feel the most powerful and beautiful with the elements of the earth around you? Do you like one of a kind jewelry? Do you sometimes feel like a woodland fairy? Me too. That's why I created Holly and Hemlock, a magical shop filled with handmade wooden jewelry and metaphysical tools. Come check out our enchanting wooden wares at www.hollyhemlock.com and join us in honoring the magic and beauty of nature with each unique creation. That's www.hollyhemlock.com. They don't know. So when they stop here at this picnic area, though, is when Betty notices that it's spinning. It's typical cigar shape. And Betty starts to think that... Wait, cigar shaped? Yeah, so that's like the typical what you hear of UFOs, right? They're not round as they get closer. They're long and thin like a cigar. Oh, 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 oh. Yep. I got it. Like I said, Betty starts to kind of think it's a UFO. Also, at this time, UFOs are a little bit popular, right? Barney is definitely more skeptical. He's thinking it might be an airliner. So they get back in the car, but just in case something gets weird, Barney actually gets the gun out of his trunk. So even though he's being skeptical, he's he's concerned. Well, right. They continue down the road. The item is getting larger and larger. And then they both get pretty uneasy when it disappears between the hills and trees. No. Mm -mm. They start to make their way around a bend in the road. They're in an area now called Indian Head. And they notice the object descends almost directly in front of them on the highway. I just can't imagine. Like, we're in 2023, right? Yeah. (laughs) I can't Well, it's like, are we? No, because time's not real. I can't imagine right now you and me driving down the street and this happening to us now in 2023. Can you imagine in the 60s? Oh, yeah. No, you would be losing your mind. I don't even know what I would do. Well, what Barney does... (laughs) is slams the brakes because at this point this thing is like a couple hundred yards in front of them a couple hundred feet above the road at this point betty notices that the object was covered in a white glow had multicolored lights and hovered silently in front of them it appears to be like about 80 feet in diameter um it moves slightly still closer to them it's kind of over the road over the field and now it's only a few hundred feet in front of them barney gets out of the car grabs the binoculars, and starts walking towards it. What he (laughs) sees next with the binoculars is a row of windows on the ship and seven to ten humanoid-looking figures looking out at him. I I think I'd laugh. As Barney gets closer to him, though, all of them but one moves away, and it just keeps direct eyes, like, locked on him. Fixated. So now, as Barney's making eye contact with this humanoid creature in a ship, two flaps on the side open, and he thinks a structure looking like a ladder starts to come down. Mm-hmm, because it did. fucking books it. He runs back to the car, they both get in it, and Barney starts shouting, if we don't leave right now, we are going to get captured. And mm-hmm. they fly down the road, and guess what happens? The ship follows them. Yeah, I'm starting to remember this now. I thought I knew less than I did, but this is all very familiar and very kind of terrifying. They think they're getting away. They turn down like off the main road, almost down like a dirt path, right? 
the thing is getting closer and Wait, closer. can you imagine? You're trying to look at a map. Yeah, you, need you don't to know have a GPS. Going, you're looking at a map in the dark. You can't see. And you and first off, I'm not good. My husband will say it right now. I'm not good as a co-pilot right now. And I have a phone that tells me what way to go. Right? I'm not good at telling him what to do. Like, and gets, not only that, but they're hours from their house. Right. Dark map. A thing is chasing you. Do they even have a flashlight to see? Oh, no. <laughs> if I'm Betty, I'm literally, I'm going to do... Um, a tuck and roll out the car, and I'm sorry, Barney. Closer to them? Yeah, because no. they're gonna keep chasing Barney. Well, I'm gonna take my chances. Sorry, baby. Listen, it's totally fine because not a whole lot happens to them. At one point, mm. the ship gets really close. Betty starts to hear a weird, like beeping noise that seems to be bouncing oh. off the car. Not like a humming. I feel like Not most people hum. hear that humming vibration. They said it was like um, almost like a tuning fork. So oh. kind of like a hum, kind of like a beeping, like a huh. tinny noise on the... It sounds like it's bouncing off the trunk. Interesting. Then the entire car starts to vibrate. Oh, no. Then their bodies start to vibrate. Oh, no, 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 no. Delcy, she begins to whine and oh, cower. I forgot about poor Delcy. No, Delcy's there. Um, And then the hills, they kind of get sleepy. Their memory becomes hazy and... Like I said, nothing happens. Their next memory is the vibrating starting again. It stops. The haze lift. And Barney and Betty try to figure out where they're going because they're just still driving down the road. Now, is it the same time of day? Or like, is it still night? Is it still... So it's still night. Okay. And it turns out they're actually really, really close to home at this point. So... Wow. And what they were hours before away? Well, so, yep, they were still... Uh, like, they started seeing the thing at 10... It's probably like around midnight ish. Okay, that, so they they have a loss that of it like catches two up to them. Call. Well, the, remember they're supposed to be home at three in the morning. However, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's now five o'clock, and neither of them can account for any memories other than the vibration feeling, and they're straight up missing three hours. Because every single one of us has done that, where you're driving the same path home as you always do, like let's just call it from work, and then all of a sudden you're just pulling into your driveway and you don't remember the car drive at all. You might have listened to a podcast, music, things like that, but it's like because you're an auto um, auto drive, I guess. Right? But can you imagine like being like? Because even then, I'm like, that's really weird. I don't remember any of me getting home. It's it's insane. Um, I hate it. So they're uncomfortable, obviously. I mean, they basically, for the last 35 minutes of the drive home, they just sit in complete silence. Well, and both of them are feeling the same thing, so that's even creepier. Right. So they do talk about it a little bit. At this point, they remember there being like a roadblock and feeling drawn to stare at the sky. But that's it. So they don't remember anything. They remember the vibration, the noise. But they don't remember seeing it. Not really, no. Okay, interesting. So once they get home, they unpack the car uh, or they sorry, they don't unpack the car. It's five in the morning. They're tired. They feel uneasy. They go right to bed. Okay. so the next day, they're both still not remembering everything, but they have this odd calm that has come over them. Ew, I remember that. Ew, ew, ew. Everything is going to be okay. Like they're just like very much like the calm before the storm. Right, right. So Barney does start to unpack the car and Betty yells at him to believe their or to leave their belongings out on the porch in case whatever caused the vibration in their sickness 
somehow tainted their belongings or was radioactive. Once again, the 60s radioactivity is kind of, you know, front and center. But see, that's what's so weird about it for me is that you don't remember really anything, but you know something's not right. And you're just so uncomfortable. They remember about it. the vibration, the noises, and the I know, but in the car. but really, that's nothing. You know what I mean? Like you're like what? And you're just well, so uncomfortable. Like you have that uneasy, uncomfortable feeling. I hate that. They start to kind of put a little bit together, though. So Betty decides to take a shower, and she hangs up the dress she was wearing. Notices that it's torn in a few places. And is covered in a weird pink powder that she does not remember getting on the dress. Ew. They also both noticed that their watches had completely stopped working. And (laughs) their belongings in the car aren't in the same place as they were before. Like they're jumbled around. Barney had dress shoes that were really scuffed up. Betty is missing the blue earrings that she remembers wearing. As time goes on, they kind of like throughout the day and the next day remember a little bit more of like the UFO, the thing chasing them. Right. But they don't have any memory of what happened after the vibration. So Barney is way more the skeptic. He's like in denial that anything happened. Well, because I feel like you kind of your brain's going to go either way. You're going to try to figure it out or you're going to deny everything and it didn't happen. Well, one of them does that route. The other one doesn't. So they agree between the two of them not to talk to anybody about it. Except Betty immediately calls up her sister. Because it would be me calling you. Yeah. And immediately be calling you. Like, Les said. Now, her her sister is kind of like a UFO hype person. Okay. So she talks about, you know, the weirdness with the car and their items and that they think they saw something in the sky that night. And her sister tells her if something did happen, that they should go look at the car and see if there's any signs of radioactivity. So Betty takes a compass out to the car, goes around to the trunk and notices 12 (laughs) perfectly polished circles in the paint where the noise came from, like all about a half dollar in size. She places the compass on it and it just starts to spin around and freak out. So now Betty shows this to her sister and Barney and her sister goes, you need to report this to the Air Force, which was the typical mm-hmm. at this time, like if you saw any UFOs in the sky, you reported them to the Air Force. In fact, Project Blue Book is happening at this time, and their sighting is entered into Project Blue Book, mm-hmm. which we might have to go into further depth on later. I love UFO stuff. I get so into it. Oh, no. You're a geek. I love it. So they give the Air Force some of the details. Like I said, the story is still pretty hazy in their memory. They take it down. Mostly they just say they saw the craft in the air felt like it was following them. The Air Force actually corroborates that there was a report on radar that night picking up an unidentified object. Mm-hmm. So we we have a little bit like evidence to their story beyond just them. Okay. So a few days after the incident, the Hills come home from wherever they were at. All the doors in the house are locked. <laughs> Betty, upon walking in, notices a pile of leaves on her dining room table. And after digging through it, she finds her earrings. Which, that's so, so, so weird to me. And I don't think at that point in my life, I think I would be thinking that I had like a stalker serial killer because that's so weird. Or that you're just losing it. Or I'm losing it, honestly. Because to me, that's like, I don't know, it's just so weird. It obviously makes them uneasy. And at this time, so we're, like I said, we're still a couple days after that everything is calm and okay feeling starts to wear off Mm -hmm. in a bad way. Them drugs are gone. Yeah. 
So, like I said, Betty was always more open about talking about things. Barney wanted to keep it to themselves. He didn't want people in the community to think they were crazy or liars. And and they're still confused. Well, and they're confused also. But like we've already kind of talked about, they're an interracial couple. They are um, outspoken, I'm sure, in different ways because of the professions that they have. And then also just being an interracial couple in the 60s. So it's not easy. So I'm sure that they're trying to just avoid any other like backlash Exactly. I mean, they're high standing members of their church Mm -hmm. and the civil rights movement. Yeah, they don't want to do anything. I mean, I'm sure they get so much crap as it is. So I do understand where he's coming from. Like, we don't need to get murdered over this, truly. Day 10, though, after the incident, the calm is completely gone. And Betty has five straight days of terrible, terrible nightmares. Mm. I mean, she wakes up screaming and sweats. Just it's awful. Now, does she remember them? Yeah. So uh, she she gets details-ish back, right? After five days, though, the nightmares abruptly end and she never has one again. At the same time, though, while she's having the nightmares, Barney is suffering from absolutely terrible headaches. Okay. Like we just said, they're upstanding members of their community, right? They're highly credible people. And I think it's really, really important to note that other than going to the Air Force, And talking to some family and some friends about this, they've never gone to the press. They haven't tried to write a book. They haven't tried to go on the radio, right? They're not seeking attention. They just want to live their life as normal. Mm -hmm. They do tell a few members of their church about what happens because they're, I mean, they're showing outward signs of distress, right? But they're still trying to live as normal as they can as much as Barney wants to forget it. I guess I'm kind of surprised that they would. I don't know. That's probably their biggest social circle and the people they trust the most. I know, but I... Obviously, neither of them have been the same since the event. Barney, though, starts to suffer, like, really bad health issues. So he starts to get ulcers. He gets really high blood pressure that's not responding to medication. And he's showing outward symptoms of PTSD. Oddly enough, he also gets some warts in his groin area that need to be surgically removed. Ew, I do remember that. Betty... She has just constant trouble focusing, super high anxiety, and even poor little Delcy starts to suffer from health problems as well and is going to the vet quite a bit. Okay, I didn't know that and I'm very upset. Like, could we just leave the wiener alone? I know. So one of the members from the church that they've confided in is seeing Barney's health issues and they recommend that he goes to see a psychiatrist in Boston. Hmm. So the Hills find themselves at the office of Dr. Benjamin Simon in Boston. Background on him to build some credibility. He is, first of all, a skeptic about alien UFO abduction. Okay. He is like the head of neuroscience at a large hospital in Boston for a while. Okay. And just like really, really renowned psychiatrist, right? He's not some like rinky dink UFO shrink. Like he. Rinky dink UFO shrink. (laughs) Say that 10 times fast. No, thank you. I'm gl- I'm surprised <laughs> I got it out once. But he he uses regression, hypnosis regression techniques to help veterans with PTSD. Oh, okay. So he decides he can help Barney. Okay. So over the course of six months, he separately interviews and hypnotizes both Betty and Barney, and they start to remember more and more details of the experience. Mm-mm. So... The goal of the therapy is to try to help them with their fear and the PTSD, but what they start to uncover is insane. Now, all these were recorded, and you can actually go find either audio clips or some video of 
these hypnosis events, be warned, they're very intense. Did you watch them all? I watched a little bit of them. I, it, they're very emotional. Oh, no, I'm good. Thank you. Now, mind you, they're, they're separately hypnotized. They're never done together, mm-hmm. but they have eerily similar memories. Can you even be hypnotized together? Yeah, people do group sessions. Hmm. I, I don't know how trustworthy it all is, right? But so they start to remember details of being captured by the aliens and eventually brought into their ship. Betty also remembers how her dress rips, and Barney remembers how the shoes got scuffed and the binoculars. Mm -hmm. And how she lost her earrings. Yep. So the most interesting, like I said, this is one of the first documented cases of alien abduction. Their descriptions of the the beings are what give us today's description of the greys. So they um, explain these short men, gray-skinned, They wore all black suits, operated super military-like with large slanted eyes. Um, And like I said, this is like our modern view of aliens today. It came from Betty and Barney Hill. So they remember there being a struggle. Um, That's when Barney started to scuff up his shoes. The binoculars got broke. That's when uh, Betty's dress gets ripped, right? But then they're brought into the UFO ship. Now, this is where their stories really start to differ from each other. This is also when they get a little bit more terrifying. Betty recounts being taken into a doctor's office type of room, very Mm -hmm. metal, very clean. She's put on a metal table and the alien that she describes as the examiner, he comes in, he tells her not to be afraid, that they need to do some tests, she won't be harmed. And next thing she remembers is a large needle going into her navel. Mm -hmm. And in this session, she just starts screaming, remembering the pain. I guess they told her it was a pregnancy test. Yeah, it was. Yeah, they did tell her it was a pregnancy test. Yeah. They also take nail clippings, ear ear wax samples, and skin samples. Barney also recounts an examination. Mm. Uh, he remembers his vertebrae being counted. He remembers his dentures being removed. Now, oh yeah, I do remember. That. <laughs> Betty separately remembers when she was having her exam done. Nervous-looking aliens came into the room holding, holding his the dentures. teeth, thinking they accidentally <laughs> took out his teeth. And Betty explained to the aliens that they were not his real teeth. I do remember this. <laughs> Can then, you imagine? They're like, oh, shit. Right? Like, we're not supposed to hurt them. Now, probably the biggest trope that has come out of alien abductions, Barney also has a rectal exam, and mm. they took a sperm sample. Oh. So at least he got a happy ending. Ew, stop. So after the exams happen, things get a little bit more relaxed, and Betty recounts having full conversations with one of the aliens. So she finds a book that's obviously not in English, right? She asks if she could keep it as a souvenir to remember what happened, but they don't allow it. it. However, one of them does show her a map of the stars to explain to her where they came from. Okay, yep, I do remember this. This is so cool. Can you imagine? I mean, I'm kind of jealous of her a little bit. Not, you know, I don't like needles, but... No, but they didn't... I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of indifferent about this because they didn't hurt them. Maybe they could have just been like, hey, can we like... We just want to get to... We want to understand you. Like, I don't... Yeah, but there's a way to do it without taking somebody's autonomy, pulling them into a ship. That's what I'm saying. I mean, they had PTSD and... ugh. I know, but I don't think they were meaning to hurt them. Mm. I feel like it's almost like lab rats. Like, we don't really care. You're not, like, going out of your way to, like... No, people legit don't care about lab rats, which is horrible. These little aliens wanted to take their memories away, too, so that they didn't be upset about it. Fair. So, 
during the entire course of this hypnosis, uh, like I said, they were both separated. They don't know what the other one is saying, uh, but their accounts come out really, really similar. And it's important to note they don't change over time. Right. Um, so after six months, the doctor is still apprehensive to say for sure that they were abducted, but he is able to conclude in his best findings that they are not lying about their experience. So like, what does he think happened? He said if the abduction really happened or something real happened to them, they had some sort of shared experience that can't be explained. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, maybe a, a group hallucination or something. But mm -hmm. this doctor is, like I said, he's not like a crazy alien conspiracy theorist. Right. He's going to say, I can't prove that they were abducted, but I can't prove they weren't. Right. Betty and Barney, like I said, they're trying to live normal. They're seeking the help from the therapy and doctors. A member of their church, though, happens to talk to a reporter in Boston about the incident who reaches out. And Betty and Barney do decide to share their story. Now, there's reasons why. Right. So at first they share a little bit of mm -hmm. it. This becomes popular super, super quickly. Um it's in papers, it's on TV, it's all going all around the US. <laughs> but Betty and Barney get pissed because they're getting details wrong. So they start actually correcting. Like, if you're going to tell my story... Exactly. And I can mm -hmm. appreciate that because if you're going to fucking get into my life and my shit, you better get them damn details right. So, I mean, they went from really trying to keep it to themselves, right, to now they're, they're openly talking to the press. Remember, they still aren't the ones who reached out. Right. They're now trying to fix the story. So Betty talks about the map that was drawn. In fact, during the hypnosis, she goes through the memories to see the map again and draws, it, draws out. it. Now, when she first draws it, everyone says it's fake because there's nothing in the solar system that reflects this map. Oh. Um, astronomers, though, especially UFO astronomers, right? They take a huge interest in it. And years later... Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're still in the 60s, so we're discovering a lot of things right now. Mm -hmm. Astronomers realize that they've mapped an area called Zeta Reticuli that is a super, <laughs> super close match to what she drew. So now astronomers become convinced they found where these aliens are from. By this point, the, the hills are like, they're, they're famous, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's a little bit contested on whether that map is right or not. There are other astronomers who say, you know... If you point it this way, it doesn't look like it, but... And I do have to just, like, really quickly say that if you and I, let's just say we were abducted, not by aliens, just like we were kidnapped, and our, one of our kidnappers showed us a map of a treasure, and then years later, whatever it is, we're hypno hypnotized, do you really think we're going to get that treasure map correct? Exactly no. correct? No. no it's impossible. We don't not. have photogenic memories, so no. Her recollection of that map is probably not exactly the same, but being right. pretty damn close is crazy. Whether whether you believe them or not, right? I mean, we have the hills to thank for so much. The the description of the greys. I mean, honestly, their entire account of abductions is what people experience over and over again through history. And I, I just love these two, right? Because they, they went from literally, we're not going to tell anybody about it, to we're going to tell a few people to, you know, get our minds back to normal then they're like nah we set in the record straight we're fact checking out here all right like throughout the rest of their life they're in movie shows documentaries tv mm -hmm. news articles they take and pass lie detector tests for years after this happens okay so betty's dress by the way was tested and they're not able to conclude what the substance was on there oh yeah that pink stuff so there's a lot of credibility to their story it's moon rocks uh, they're actually kind of referred to as the Adam and Eve of 
abduction sometimes, which I think is a really cute way to say that it. That is so... <laughs> Based on their story alone and the evidence we have, we cannot prove they were abducted. But I think there's enough evidence to prove that something really strange happened to these people who are highly trusted and their credibility should allow us a certain trust in them. So what do you think it is if it's not... I'm a firm believer in this one. Okay, what do people think it is? So, and you know me, I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come with the yeah. I wanna know. So, what most people argue is, yeah, the dress never tested for anything, but this was also forensics in the 60s and 70s. It wasn't a perfect science then. The shiny spots on the car, the magnetization effect that was happening, wasn't able to be shown to other people Mm. other than close family friends and with hypnotic regression especially in this time right uses therapy it is something you have to be very careful with Mm -hmm. because you can implant memories and there's lots lots of research on this um oh my gosh who did a really interesting podcast on um greg and dana do one where they're talking about so they they went to one of these hypnotherapists and their their friend volunteered to do this but the therapist was actually able to imprint mm-hmm. memories of a ufo abduction he had all these memories through this regression gotcha. now if the shrink they saw was like a crook okay <laughs> i could buy it shrink. if betty and barney were attention seekers yeah i'd be a little more skeptical of their story but like there's just yeah it so doesn't much make sense doesn't add up that i'm like and you know me i love playing devil's advocate or playing the other side i'm a firm believer in this story like through and through so barney by the way Barney's health issues catch up to him. Yeah. And in 1969, he actually dies from a stroke. Betty, though, she my girl. She lives into her 80s. Mm-hmm. She dies October 2004, sharing this story until her death. But Betty is just so cute. She's like she, some of these documentaries and she's just like a little old lady, but she's got that East Coast accent. And she's, oh, just, she's just telling her sassy for us. So you guys have to go check it out. If you're interested in the story, there's so, so much more. I could have talked for two hours, but. That is the condensed story of Betty and Barney Hill. I just think that, and I don't want to keep going back to this, but I do think like the 60s in that time frame, it really was like trying to, you know, be racially not or get rid of racial segregation, but it Mm -hmm. wasn't, it wasn't right. It was still such a big thing in the 60s. So I do feel like, I mean, the civil rights movement was huge then because there was still so much rampant racism and, and inequality. Right. So what I'm trying to say is I just don't want to keep bringing it back to that, but I just cannot wrap my brain around an interracial couple wanting to bring any, any, any attention to them. Negative, like good, what anything. Did, what did they have to gain from it? Well, I mean, yes, I mean. they got so famous for this case, but it's never them. That could have gone so poorly in the fact oh, that they're just an interracial couple. So to me, I just feel like that kind of speaks volumes, if you will, as to I don't think that they were lying because... And the, the Air Force also corroborates that there was something picked up on radi- or radar That's true. that night. That's true. But I'm just saying, like, if I were them, I don't think I'd want any attention to me. I would want to just live my life and do what I'm trying to do and, like, whatever. That's just me, but, like... So, and a lot of the, like, the hoaxers out there are like, well, everyone else who's gotten abducted just rips off of their story. It's like, or... Because everyone's story for years has been similar about the grays and the Mm -hmm. exams and the health issues afterwards, like, maybe this is a phenomena that is actually happening. I think it is. Yeah, I mean, I just want to communicate, though, and just be like, hey, I'm up for your tests. You don't have to take my memory away. (laughs) What do you want me to do? 
I don't want the memories of anal probes and needles and oh no no thank you wipe it although i'd like to remember the conversation that's what i'm saying maybe just if you could if i could forget having to get a needle in me yeah that's fine but i want to remember the experience now what i do want is whatever drug they were using to make these people feel calm Calm. for like 10 days afterwards do you know what i would do to feel calm or what i would give to feel calm for 10 days i don't know i don't know if you'd like it because i don't think it's a good calm i don't think it's a good calm feeling like if nothing happened to me and somebody just gave me a pill that made me feel calm for 10 days, I'm I'm for it. Okay, I can tell by the way you're looking at me, you think I'm crazy. No, I don't think you're crazy. I just don't think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. All right. I know you and me will talk about aliens forever. Yeah, we We've already go. gone on for 45 minutes. Let's let these people go. Um, yep. So thanks for listening. If you stuck it out this long. Thank you. We appreciate you. And uh, if you've stuck it out this long and you're not subscribed. Please hit subscribe. Do that. that would be you. really cute. Uh, message me. Tell me what your favorite episode is. I'd love to talk, chat. And, uh, you know, um, do all the other things. And uh, most importantly, creep it real, you oddballs. Oh, uh, goodbye. Ew. <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye.